Hi, and welcome to another episode of Life in Red Podcast, uh, lifeinredpodcast.com, at Life in Red Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter is at Life in Red Pod. Uh, very pleased to welcome my next guest here. Um, she is a singer-songwriter. She is a an actress, and she is from a show called Endless, which is actually on Snapchat, and I guess that just goes to show how old I am now. <laughs> Snapchat high shows, and I had no idea. Um, we talk about a lot of cool things here. We talk about, you know, her, her journey, um, the actual hard work that goes into becoming an, an artist, especially someone who's trying to make it and working with, you know, really talented people. We talk about mental health. We talk about her music and, and what that's like in quarantine. She has a single out. You can catch everywhere. It's called All I Need. Please give it up for my next guest, Lauren Pierre. <laughs> You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Alright, boom, here we go, Laura. Thank you for joining me, sunny LA. How are you today? Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm really curious. I'm going to start with the, uh, the, the first hard-hitting question here. Do you already have your Halloween costume picked out? I do. I do. <laughs> Is it a secret? I actually or? do. Um, it's not a secret, but okay. I build most of my costumes. So mm. um, I, I like doing character building. So I get started very, very early on. Usually by the time October starts i already know what i'm gonna be and i have that all planned out so this year i'm doing a siren because i feel like this was a big year for people to and especially women to just like use their voices and for the longest time i feel like the siren is this image of a character who uses her voice to trap people so i figured might as well <laughs> yeah no you've, you've hit on something uh, yeah you're very true very true i love it um Brand new single out. Uh, well, not brand new, but it, it, it's it's out across all platforms. And I want to get into all that, but I want to kind of start right at the beginning because what I found most interesting is you you grew up in Brazil and then you made the transition yes. over to America. Take me back right to the beginning. When did you know you wanted to be a singer and get involved with music? Well. It was never a thing that I said, now is the time that I decide to do music. It was just um, such an important part of my life growing up and, and my build as a person, I guess. Uh, music really informed my personality. It informed how I processed things. I had a really hard time talking about my feelings when I was younger because I had a really tough time like understanding my feelings. So music was really how I got in touch with myself and, and just my, my dreams. So it was something that was kind of always there. There was never like this one moment, this aha, this is what I would like to do. It's just something that I've always loved. And because I loved it so much, I just decided to pursue it. Mm. Were there particular artists that, you know, you, you remember from a kid that really shaped how you you viewed music and how you kind of in, interpreted it and and then you know brought it into your own type of style 
I think that there are phases, you know, mm. um, I went through, through moments with different artists. Uh, I think I only found my idol very, very recently. It wasn't something mm. that like, I grew up having this one person I watched. I just grew up enjoying music period. But I had, I had my Celine Dion phase because that's what my mom liked to listen to. Then I had a Whitney Houston phase. And then I had a Taylor Swift phase. And then I went into Michael Jackson phase. And then, uh, and then I moved into something else. And it just became like a very different I, – I, I, how, do, how do I say this? I sometimes forget English words. I hopped around styles and genres for a minute until I really kind of picked what I liked from each. All right. It's kind of like that. But if I had to pick someone that I really admire and just, um, if I had to pick an idol, I'd have to say Prince. Mm, Purple Rain. Yes. Um, Absolutely. When, when you, so when you decided to make this transition, you knew you wanted to be a singer. Mm-hmm. You know, you were quite young at the time. You know, I think back to when I was 15, 16 year, years old, I was, you know, I mean, I was an idiot. <laughs> you chose to move to a totally different country and start on this, this whole new life. How hard was that transition for you? The transition wasn't... Making the decision was not hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, going through it was the toughest part. Um, I'm a very impulsive person, so there was no real thought that went into, I'm just going to leave this country that I, I've known my entire life. And my in my head, I only saw what I was moving towards. I didn't really see the, what it was doing to the now in my life. So it was really tough at first because I moved from Brazil to New York. And suddenly I found myself in a different culture, in a different climate. Like there was snow and it got dark at 4 p.m. It was just things that I didn't expect to be challenging because you expect the hard work. You expect um, for people to test your your will and and your your drive but you don't expect for those things to be difficult like christmas time was beautiful but it was also cold and i had never had a cold christmas time and i was in a different country and i had to fly home to see my family it, it those were the things that were really the toughest for me mm-hmm. and you i mean so you went alone you didn't your parents didn't come with you how how difficult was it to to leave your family and you know go off and and you know like you said you had to fly home to see them um you know how hard was it to tell them and and did they support you along that way well my mom helped me move she was with me the first couple months and then she just kept flying home more and more and more often and then when i was on my feet i was able to stay there mostly by myself she was coming and going a lot, uh, so I didn't. I, I wasn't complete, uh, like completely lacking structure. Okay. But it, it it wasn't easy on them. I know that, but I was always a weird kid. I was always a creative kid. So my parents and I was always a very dedicated kid. Mm-hmm. I feel like I hope to be an example of hard work and an example of dedication someday. So and my parents knew that about me. So as long as I was working really hard, they didn't mind the shift they weren't happy with it but they they allowed it they they supported (laughs) me it was cool it was fun do you find that going through this whole process did did that help you 
as an artist, um, whether that be musically or, you know, how you express yourself through art, did that help kind of shape the artist that you are today um, in a lot of ways? Or was that more predetermined? Oh my God, absolutely. Absolutely. There is nothing better for an artist than to just hang out with yourself. Um, and that time really, it was for the first time I had no one's preconceived notions of who I should be projected onto me. Mm-hmm. It was like, I finally had, I'm not saying that it was easy, but I finally had the time to get to know me and get to know what I wanted to become. And I really, I went into an artist development period too, especially here in LA where I just became a student of art of all kinds of medium of all kinds of perspectives and just decided to study what I wanted to do. So I definitely thought that this move was important. I don't think I would have gotten it if I'd stayed in my comfort zone. Being comfortable is part of growth and and that uncomfortableness forced me to look within and to find resources and to find strength to go through things that I hadn't gone through before. Mm. Was there a moment, like what was the break? Cause I know like a lot of people pursue music or you know Mm -hmm. they do the live shows they they do little tours around the bars like and then get noticed by an agent or get noticed by somebody or they pick up on youtube vine whatever it is Mm -hmm. what what was the moment for you that kind of was like okay like now now i'm really able to pursue this huh that's kind of like the when did you get into music question for me because it was very much a it's a very you know, when you make small changes to your life, you don't really see that you're changing until you look back and you go, oh, wow. It's kind of like that. Right. You like build the building blocks and you put one block each day and then suddenly you look at it and you go, oh, my God, I built something. Mm. It was um, kind of more like that. Gotcha. Okay. Because, and let me explain that because that makes a little bit more sense once you get the context. Um, I met Corey. Corey was the first right. person that I started working with in New York. And I got in the studio with him and we had in really like, he really took to me as a mentor right off the bat. So it was kind of like, I knew what I was getting into with him and I chose to sign up to do this kind of like mentorship kind of where I really became like, just a presence around him to watch how he works and to watch the people he works with um, and just understand how to do it and how to better myself and how to these great people that he's worked with, what do they do that I can learn from and be better at whatever I want to do? Because I I didn't come from a musical family. I didn't come from a, a, a background of musicians. So I just knew I liked music, but I understood very little about it beyond the liking it and being and and enjoying singing Mm. so it was kind of like I met Corey right off the bat and then he said he was kind of on board but he was like but you need to study first you need to become like a student of of art and of music so then I came out here to do this and now looking back four years later suddenly it's like oh wow we've been working together and we've really done something really cool Right. Yeah. That's what I was trying to kind of get at. Cause I, I you know, mm-hmm. Co- you and Corey, like that's kind of like the attachment that kind of like, it just goes to show like what you represent and, and, and the talent and, and 
things you're bring, bringing because you know he's worked for people who don't know you with big people like Beyonce, Michael Jackson, uh, Mary J. Blige, Mariah Carey, like like the all stars list of 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 work. What's it like working with somebody with that type of experience and and knowledge? Um, and how does that elevate you as an artist? You're forced to rise to the occasion um, mm. because the op the not anything less than that is an offense to his time is an offense to him it's an offense to the and everybody working around so either you really have to like pull yourself up by the bootstraps and say i'm gonna rise to the occasion or it's just not gonna work and Corey's a tough tough mentor like a tough mentor i i vividly remember the first day that we were cutting vocals where he didn't fully have like long lists of things to work on where it just kind of went good job kid like I vividly remember my first good job it's just he he really wants to make he doesn't want to make singers he wants to make artists and performers and people who will who have something to say and who want to change the world with their their work and so he's not really easy on us for that but I, I really think it's an honor to work with him and to just listen to the stories that's the thing that I think that I think I'm privy to that very few people are just because of how much time we spent together. It's just listening to him talk about the people he's worked with, how they worked and how he. What I found so cool about this is you're, you're talking about the work and the time and, and the study that has gone into you becoming who you are right now. Mm-hmm. Can you take us just a little bit through that process? Because again, people are so removed from, from what artists have to put in and go through to to really try to make something and make it a career and a living when you talk about you know you're you're under Corey you have to learn you have to study what were some of the things that you were doing it's funny because it sounds really ridiculous but taking things that I liked about songs that I liked and breaking them down until I could do them and a lot of that kind of comes from just singing to myself in the mirror, like analyzing your voice and just spending time and singing to yourself by yourself to sing and just recording myself a lot. Like I used to um, do this thing where Corey got me doing, I would have to film myself singing to myself and then watch it back, take notes, redo it. And I do this over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And at some point you really start to understand your own instrument because people that learn the violin, for example, people that play the violin, they have to sit with the violin. They have to know what the chords feel like, know the difference between changing each string, know what it feels like. How does it feel, feel to have it sitting on your, like the way you hold it? How does it feel on your hand? But my instrument, I can't see it like that in, in, in a lot of ways. Right. So I really just kind of, Corey really made me sit and hang out with my own instrument for a lot and just get, get an overall education on music because I came from Brazil and I didn't have a lot of, I knew I liked some songs, but I didn't know where they were coming from. I knew I liked like I mean, hmm, samples that I loved. I didn't know where they were coming from. I hadn't heard All Green. I hadn't heard Ray Charles. I hadn't, I mean, I'd heard it, but I hadn't really sat down and listened to it. I hadn't listen to Etta James, all these amazing artists that I hadn't really known anything about them. Like there, there's no really other way to say it, say it, but I just really was forced to sit down and just like watch documentaries on Motown and how did these people do it? And then it's just physical conditioning. It's, it's running, it's running and singing. It's preparing your mm-hmm. body to hold 
notes because one thing is singing in the studio. It's a completely different thing to be singing live. And then in even the environment changes and the conditions change and just going through the learning process of all that from someone who had no musical background. I just knew I liked to sing. We had to fit a lifetime into four years. Wow, that's that's really interesting. That like all that 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 goes into what we think is yeah, that it's just singing. Um, yeah, I want to talk about the single um, "All I Need." So, where did the inspiration come from? This was there a particular incident, like a, a light bulb moment for you, or is it more kind of years of experiences culminating into the song? It's a bit of both. I feel like the song. It was the right song at the right time. Uh, we were in the studio when I first heard it, and it was very, very recently. I heard it. I said, I'm going to cut it. This is a, I need the song. It has to do with me. It has to do with, with my, my journey in life and the message I want to put forward. It's got enough of the 80s influence, which was kind of the decade that I've decided to, to stick with and study a little bit more. Love that. Uh, I cannot seem to escape it, especially with some 80s disco. It's just so amazing. And then I rock and Josh, whose producer name is uh, Yeshua, we were all together. He played me the track, both of them together. They worked on it and they worked on it for me. They, they had me in mind when they were working on it. I just knew right then and there, I said, this is it. I know what it's going to look like. I know what the video is going to look like. I know how I want to perform this we were it was one of the fastest songs i've ever recorded actually because usually i take my time getting to figuring out like what do i want to do with this we walked in cut the song it mixed it and it was ready it was so fast and so right and the timing was really 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 special mm -hmm. i'm curious about the so the video it was shot during quarantine that's am i right in that right about what was that? What was that like? Like, were you just sitting there, kind of selfie mode on your phone, just filming along, or how different was that? So we already have a very small team that we work with okay. um, for creative things because I figured that I'd rather have less people to work with, but people that know me really well, than to have a really big team and at the end of the day have a vision where it's like, oh, this is everybody's vision. And then everyone had a little bit of input versus this is a few people who really get each other. Mm -hmm. So my, the set was already pretty small and it was a static shot mainly for all I need. And then after the quarantine video, so there was the original, the official video, which I did on a set. We had a really close set, um, but it wasn't, it was pre pandemic, but enough close to the pandemic where we, we could sense something was about to happen. Mm. You know, it was right around that time where like, we didn't have any cases in the U S but there were cases abroad. So that's the timing from when we shot the official video. And then I think like a couple weeks after that, we started having cases here and then everything shut down. And then we went on quarantine and I was bored out of my mind because I'm a Gemini. I do not like to hang out with myself for too long. I, I'm, I'm too much for myself. <laughs> so uh, we got on the phone and we, uh, Corey worked on the remix. He sent me the remix. I loved it. And I grabbed my phone. I put, uh, I got a ring light and I just put the ring light in a bunch of different places in my room in my house. And I just filmed a little quick kind of me at home when I'm bored dancing to my remix. 
and that that's what you see on the quarantine remix bit uh, the the what do we call it i think we're calling it the quarantine remix video <laughs> the quarantine um that's so funny uh it reminds me a little bit of like kind of what miley uh cyrus did that that story about that song with um with quarantine and just the right time and then she did the whole video herself and, and yeah it's cool speaking how- of miley cyrus i just saw her performance of heart of glass mm-hmm. <laughs> yes her covers are unbelievable she's a rock star absolutely um so i mean we're in a pandemic. Uh, I mean, you're in the States, which the rest of the world, our eyes are on there with, with everything that's been happening in, in the news, the election. I mean, everything. Mm-hmm. What's kind of next for you musically? Because we're in a very interesting time where there is a, a lot going on and there's a lot to say, um, wh- whether it's politically or it's emotionally, right? Wh- what's, yeah. Where are you at with that? Well, we kicked around an idea of coming with the single soon, but I think we're all decided to just take some time to see what we want to say, to be honest, because mm-hmm. there is so much to be, to respond to right now. It really feels like everything is in flames. And then, and in every way, shape or form, I feel like mental health has been, I've struggled this year more than any year before. Um, I'm supposed to be in school and now I'm taking online classes and I wasn't made to be in an online class. I need a a professor to stare at me and tell me what to do. Mm. And then, and all of our interactions are online and I feel like that directly affects how we behave as human beings. So I feel like musically, I don't know how to talk about the world yet. Mm. I'm still figuring how to talk about that. I've always, I'm, I mean, I've, I've gotten a little bit better at talking about my feelings through my music because that's kind of where it first came out. It's a little therapy session. I usually know I want to make music when I have something to say and I don't know how to say it. But in terms, I definitely feel like there, it is the time for, to think a little bit more in a collective manner. But there are just so many anxieties to talk about that I don't even know where to start. Like I am an, I'm an immigrant in a country that is going through and debating immigrant rights. I am a, I'm away from my family and I don't get to see them that often. All these things, all these variables that definitely are sources of inspiration that I just haven't been able to tap into yet. But I'm taking my time. I'm allowing myself the creative space to just really sit with everything and 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 respond to it musically i mean i'm not happy you're going through it but i'm glad you you kind of mentioned it because you know i I myself personally i'm a mental health advocate slash personal speaker and everything and i know i i know i related to a lot of things you said and to to think about the the impact that you know yourself must be going through like with the things you mentioned not to mention being like you know alone in a, a different country that's that's a lot to process. So, um, I mean, it sucks that it's happening, but for people to hear that even, you know, people who quote unquote successful also experience these things that we're feeling, it brings a lot of normalization to the conversation as hard as it is. I agree. And I think that it's an important conversation to have because a lot of people don't know. I mean, people are uncomfortable talking about mental health. And it is a shame because it's everybody deals with it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you have panic attacks 
or I mean, it does matter, but I mean, like if you have panic attacks or if you just have minor anxieties, everybody deals with this feeling of the uncomfortable emotion, emotions where you just sit with yourself and you're uncomfortable. I wish people, I I wish it was less stigmatized for Mm -hmm. sure, but I think that we're on the right track. Um, Now, I don't think that it's as, we got to remember at one point telling someone you went to therapy was like telling someone that you were put in a like medical site ward and considered clinically insane, which, hmm, hmm, bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And things aren't like that anymore. And uh, I'm glad for the changes that we've made in terms of conversation around mental health, but there's a long, long way to go. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Um, I did want to talk because I, I found it really interesting. So you said you're in school, which in a whole thing in itself, while also trying to balance, you know, a whole music career is is one thing. What, what do you, you tell us what you're taking? Because I found it really interesting. <laughs> okay, so my major is evilness. And it's not a major. <laughs> it's more like a concentration. Okay. And what it means is basically I get to go to Gallatin at NYU. And it's a school where you look at one topic through many different disciplines. So you get to look at anthropology and politics and history and art history, but you pick one theme and you look at this one thing through all these different disciplines. So I'm looking at evilness in all these different contexts. And a lot of them are contradictory. And part of what the school is trying to teach you is say that life is contradictory and you will be thrown many different perspectives and the way you balance them out and you're able to see the value in each one of them and their limitations, that's what will allow you to get the most out of it. So I feel like what we're really learning are the tools on how to approach things, Mm -hmm. like an approach. Because if you always look at something through only one lens, you're not going to have a well-rounded opinion. But if you're able to look at one topic through multiple different perspectives at once, to then take a conclusion, I think that's the point of it all because it's called individualized study, but I'm having a great time. Um, people always ask me, what are you doing with your major once you're done? And I'll figure that out when I get there. <laughs> I'm enjoying the study and who knows, maybe I'll use it to, for my music or for something else. Right. That, I mean, that, that it sounds like it has tons of applicable skills. And uh, I mean, the way you Absolutely. describe it, it teaches empathy in a lot of cases, which I think is one of the biggest issues of what our society and culture as a whole is, whole is lacking, that we just mm-hmm. we don't have empathy for what other people are going through and, and what we don't understand. And that's what causes so much of what's kind of going on, especially on social media. And it's, it's unfortunate, but it sounds like super interesting. It is. I mean, I'm really enjoying it. The readings are really fascinating, mm. but and you get to take some really cool classes. Like I'm taking a class right now that's just on the art and archaeology of women, of royal women in the Mediterranean uh, and area, which I would never be able to take that class. It's not at this very, it's a very specific class, but we've already talked about power dynamics and images and how those images have informed how we see women today and how we mm-hmm. see royal women, all these things that everything is connected. And if you're able to just pick a thread and follow it, it's, an, it's amazingly interesting. Yeah. Um, before I let you go, I just, I want to ask you a bit of a, uh, like a, a music businessy question and get your thoughts on it. So I, I work in radio. Now I don't work in music. I work in like 
the marketing side of it. But I've always been curious working in this industry that we're, we're in a time now where, you know, radio is still important, but now we have Spotify. And what I really particularly find fascinating is TikTok and how artists are using TikTok. You don't have to go into everything, but do you have like, when you're with your team, do you have like a specific strategy when, when you're rolling out a song or, or songs or an album? And when it comes to things like streaming and, and TikTok specifically? Not particularly because okay. authenticity is super important to me. And I feel like I have a, I don't have a sensibility for social media like other people do. Um, my, I'm very quirky and my tone is very specific. So it was Mm. easier. It's easier for us to just focus on the music and it's kind of like, I'll be reminded like, Hey, TikToks exist. You'll be scrolling through them. Like maybe post one every now and then it's kind of more like that than like you need to post X amount of TikToks a day and Mm. promote your single X amount of times through. It's not like that. Um, and I feel like it's not like that because I, I do, a lot of my friends make TikToks uh, and are TikTok influencers. And I just see the, they spend their entire day around it. They wake up thinking about TikToks and they go to sleep and they're thinking about different ideas for, for social media. And my medium isn't social media. My medium is music. So mm-hmm. the amount of effort that they put into their social media is kind of the effort that I put into music. And until I feel like I've developed enough of a social media personality where I'll be able to know more and perform. Because TikTok is super new. Imagine telling someone in 2014, hey, look at this app. People dance on it. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, like, you know what I'm saying? It takes some time to adapt to things. So we're still in the adapt phase with uh, merging my business and my business. (laughs) Merging the music and the business of social media. Right. Yeah. Because I... I just find it particularly fascinating that when an artist releases a new single, they'll like, hey, tag me in your TikTok dance to my new song and then I'll repost you. I'm like, that is really interesting. And now they're Oh, using- I stalk my sounds like crazy. I oh. go, everyone who uses my sounds, I stalk them, I follow, I like, because that means that they found it on their own or they, I made one and it showed up on their For You page and they like the song. It's, I feel like that's the coolest thing about TikTok, to be honest. It's, just the way it could bring people together. Like, yes, it could be a very, um, it's a very new platform that has a lot of things that we don't really even understand, positive and negative, but it's really brought some creative people together. I found a lot of amazing artists on TikTok Mm -hmm. that I follow and just enjoy seeing their stuff. And I I found people that use my song on TikTok that I just, I didn't even know. Yeah, it's a great way for fans, especially to to interact with, you know, you and their and their favorite mm-hmm. artists. In, in Absolutely. Um, Laura, listen, you give me a lot of time. I I really really appreciate it. Um, if people want to find you on social media, follow you, get the latest news, where where can they do that? I'm across all platforms. The handle is at the Laura Pieri. Perfect. Easy peasy, just like that. Um, Again, thank you so much. Uh, Continue uh, to stay safe. And I look forward to uh, seeing what's coming next from you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Okay. Take care.
take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole.